0: Growing up, it wasn't cool to be earnest. It wasn't cool to be thankful, and I think it's super cool to be thankful now. So I'm trying to overcorrect that.
1: righty folks, welcome back to Transacting Value, where we're encouraging dialogue from different perspectives to unite over shared values. Now, our theme for 2022 is the character of your character. So, who you see when you look your values in the mirror. Today, we're talking our November core values of gratitude appreciation, and resilience with the founder of the Earbuds Podcast Collective and co-host of Sounds Profitable Podcast, among a whole bunch of other roles and responsibilities right now, Ms. Ari Nissenblatt. But before we get to Ari and a little bit more about her story, first off, if you're a new listener and you're just joining the show, welcome. But if you're a continuing listener, welcome back. Saying that, without further ado, folks, on Porter. I'm your host, and this is Transacting Value. Ari, how you doing?
0: I am. Well, I'm tired. I've been looking for apartments in Manhattan for the past few days, and it is a draining process, demoralizing. So um
1: (laughs) I bet it is pretty crazy. But all things considered, aside from that, you seem to be all over social media. Obviously, Twitter is more predominantly your fan base, but everything podcasts like you're on the airwaves, you're on imagery, you're on video clips, all sorts of stuff. Before we get into all that, let me manage my. 14-year-old girl excitement here. Let's just back up for a second. Who are you for people who can't see you and don't know who you are? Let's start there.
0: Yeah, I guess like the number one thing when I define myself lately, and it's strange to say this, is that I'm just obsessed with podcasts. It's my life. It's my personal life. It's my professional life. I'm listening to podcasts constantly from the time that I wake up to the (laughs) time that I go to sleep. Whenever I have a moment that I don't have to be concentrating on something else, I will be listening to a podcast and They have changed my life and I've been listening to podcasts since 2014. And of course I like other things and we can get into that, but mostly the things that I like are reflected in podcasts as well. I listen to podcasts about the other things that I like. And then I tell my friends about these things and then we bond about podcasts as well. So it's really, who am I is a walking podcast recommendation machine.
1: (laughs) I guess that explains your newsletter. Totally. Yeah. So now I feel like, Maybe it's just because within the last year, I've been sort of making this foray into podcasting, but I feel like now I hear or I see the word podcasting everywhere. It's like the CrossFit of 2012, you know? <laughs> if everybody you know is podcasting, listening to podcasts, interested in podcasts, producing podcasts, some way affiliated with podcasts, I feel like that becomes its own sort of vacuum though, you know what I mean? So how do you, how do you balance that with the rest of the world and society or... I don't know, global events or whatever your other interests might be?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. So I work in the podcast industry, but I also work in PR and marketing and also in community management. These are aspects of various jobs that I have that sort of let me learn about other industries. And so part of making sure that I'm not just in this podcast bubble is social media-wise, following people who are in other industries and interacting with them. And in real life, it's, you know, talking with my friends and my family who don't work in podcasting. Of course, I'm going to relate everything back to podcasting. My question is always, you know, do you listen to podcasts? How do you listen to podcasts? When you're listening to podcasts, what are you doing? And that's always an interesting topic of discussion because I get a sense from people as to how podcasts make a mark in their life today i went to the eye doctor and of course i mentioned that i work in podcasting because i went to the eye doctor and yesterday i was talking to a podcaster who is an eye doctor and he doesn't have a podcast about being an eye doctor he has a podcast called preconceived it's about misconceptions and like i've seen that the things that we were you know it
1: yeah, i do yeah i've seen that
0: it's great it's a great show and he's an eye doctor and he was telling me about how, like, I need to take out my contact lenses more often. And I need to wear glasses. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I went to the doctor today, I was like, I know what you're going to say, because my podcaster friend, who's also an eye doctor, told me this. And he was like, yep, correct. Your eyes are, they look very tired. And you need to wear glasses. And I was like, I knew this because of podcasts. The point is, I do think that podcasts, I think it's healthy that they're in every aspect of my life, because I don't think it's necessarily like a closed circuit, that means that I have a closed world view because the way that I started listening to podcasts in 2014 was to get information about the rest of the world that I was not previously exposed to. I am not a big reader, have never really been a big reader. So when I discovered podcasts as a way to consume content, I really went all in. I listened to podcasts about the news. I listened to podcasts about stories, about people around the world. I listened to Podcast about how to, you know, I learned how to do things that I wasn't previously exposed to. So I am very comfortable with the fact that my world is podcast. And when I am outside of my comfort zone, I just employ the listening skills that I have learned through podcast listening to try to learn about those new industries or aspects of life.
1: Yeah, there you go. You know, I found, now obviously you're speaking about this primarily as a listener of podcasts, but I found as a host and as a producer, similarly, like, You know, if you have your circle of friends in real life, what you don't get from physical relationships as a person, as a human, you tend to supplement with something else. And I feel like whatever you can't get in a physical conversation on a day-to-day basis, you can get from podcasts. All right, folks, sit tight and we'll be right back on Transacting Value. If you're looking for high quality locally sourced groceries, the Keystone Farmers Market is the place to be. Alongside our signature homemade boiled peanuts, we strive to offer only the best locally sourced pasta, baked goods, jams and jellies, farm eggs and dairy products, meats, and even seafood, as well as a great selection of fresh produce. That's the Keystone Farmer's Market at 12615 Tarpon Springs Road in Odessa, Florida. The place with the boiled peanuts. What you don't get from physical relationships as a person, as a human, you tend to supplement with something else. And I feel like whatever you can't get in a physical conversation on a day-to-day basis, you can get from podcasts.
0: Totally. You can get that's, from listening our to people. Social relationship, we love it.
1: Yeah. And so let's, let's talk about that for a second, because I'm curious on your opinion. Let's say the science and the art of podcasting. All right. So let's just start with the science piece. Metrics, the empirical data, the platforms, the social media aspect, and monitoring algorithms, and all that kind of stuff. The science of podcasting, how has that evolved over time, and and how do you see it changing in the future?
0: There's a lot that goes into what makes a show popular. There is a lot that goes into what gets people to hit play on a show, and those things will continue to change. So, you know, 10 years ago, you could start a podcast with four friends in your basement with not such great technology you know you could be speaking into a computer mic and if you guys were so dynamic and people really liked you your show could be at the top of the charts that is getting much harder as the years go on and that's because people are really stepping up their game when it comes to the content that they put out there both the quality of the content and also the quality in terms of the microphones that you're using it sounds good but then also the segments that you're putting out into the world the way you're interacting with your fans I'm not going to say it's impossible now for a show that is four people chatting in their basement with poor mic quality to still, you know, reach the top of the charts. That is still a possibility, but it is becoming much, much, much harder for that to be a thing. And I think it will continue. I think that we will continue to see people taking this seriously if they want to get paid. It is okay for you to start a podcast with four people in your basement chatting about whatever you want to chat about with not such great mics if you want to just do that, if you want to just have a good time. But more and more, I'm recommending that if you want to make money, if you want to take this seriously, for better or for worse, you have to invest in a microphone. For better or for worse, you have to invest the time in figuring out segments for your show and seeking out personalities, personas for your co-hosts and becoming known as the people who this person talks about this, this person is the expert on this. These are all things that are going to continue to become more and more important because there's just so much competition when it comes to listening. So much for me as a listener to tune into. So that's how I see that evolving over the years in terms of the science behind it. Marketing is always going to be an experiment. We are constantly theorizing new approaches to what makes a show pop. Is it your cover art? Is it the length of your intro? Did you bore me with too long of an introduction song. Am I going to hit play, but then get sidetracked because you started talking about something that you didn't promise me you were going to talk about in the episode title. Am I then going to go check out another show? Because really I was looking to learn about beluga whales. And while your title said (laughs) that you were going to talk about beluga whales, your first 10 minutes are actually about crustaceans. And I'm not interested in crustaceans. I clicked because I wanted to learn about beluga whales. And now you've lost my trust. So, so, This is all to say that the science will continue to change when it comes to podcasting. What pops now may not pop in five years, both from a listener perspective and from a creator perspective.
1: I'll tell you to that point, if there were a podcast all about Mr. Krabs and his family, I'd probably (laughs) just skip it, but I'm with you, right? Like there's a lot of aspects of topical coverage or profit margins, or just recovering your initial investment to get equipment. All the way up to, well, how do I figure out who my audience is? How do I figure out what my niche is? How do I figure out maybe even a sub niche, for example, of relationships or communication? All of that stuff, when it comes to building an audience, you've got to manage their expectations as well. You mentioned the intro, beluga whales and crustaceans and things, and that's a fact, right? But if in the beginning, in your intro, for example, you were to bring up, hey, so by the end of this episode, we're going to cover these things or however you introduce it, there's an expectation by the listener, by the guest, and to help you keep on track as the host. However, as an indie podcaster, an independent podcaster, what do you see as the value of managing your own expectations for growth, for popularity, for topical coverage, creative writing capability, whatever, but managing your own expectations?
0: I think when it comes to any creative endeavor, you need to set out for yourself what your goals are. And those goals don't always have to be make tons of money, find fame and fortune, but they can be something as small as I want to connect with five entrepreneurs every month in order to learn a little bit more about my craft or to learn their skills. And having a podcast is a great way to connect with them because I can capture those conversations and make them look like an expert. It's a great way to network. If your goal is to make $10,000 at the end of your first season, I'm not saying it's impossible, but I am saying that you're going to want to spend a lot of time becoming part of the community that you're podcasting about and becoming part of the podcast community because it really is a networking game at this point, the podcast space is. I think a lot of people undervalue the benefit of spending the time meeting people on the internet and then bringing those relationships to real life. And those relationships can really blossom and help you grow in whatever direction your goals are.
1: Alrighty folks, sit tight and we'll be right back on transacting value.
2: Hey y'all, it's Jules here with The Bee and the Bear Creations. We specialize in custom tumblers, t-shirts, car decals, and anything else you can think of. If you are looking to order a custom item for yourself or for someone else as a gift, please go find me on Facebook and shoot me a message and we'll get that order started for you. Again, you can find me at The Bee and the Bear Creations on Facebook. I look forward to helping you create your custom item.
0: I think... A lot of people undervalue the benefit of spending the time meeting people on the internet and then bringing those relationships to real life. And those relationships can really blossom and help you grow in whatever direction your goals are. So say you're starting a podcast to talk about value. You know, what are your goals when you're discussing value? Is it to learn? From my perspective, it sounds to me like you very much are interested in learning how other people Find value in their daily lives and how that value can help other people. And that's very clear to me from your podcast. I don't think all podcasters have that type of earnestness. And it's really a value. I think not every podcaster has to have that amount of earnestness, but I think it's very valuable. And it seems like you want to be here and you genuinely want to be here. Right. Oh, yeah. And I think that's really great.
1: Oh, I, I appreciate you saying that. And we talked a little bit about auditory learning earlier, right? Like obviously there's video podcasts now or video accompaniments to podcasts, but still ultimately what you're gaining from a podcast is primarily going to be what you're hearing. There aren't going to be many people watching the YouTube version of your podcast while they're driving. But the 22% of Americans that are listening to podcasts while they're driving are listening to the material. So they're only going to interpret what they can. And I'll tell you right now, personally, personally, I have to sparingly listen to podcasts while I'm driving because I'll take more notes than I will watch the road.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah I can see that. Yeah. You're a note taker.
1: Oh, yeah. I've got post its. I mean, it may as well be the wallpaper in my office. And that's awesome. You know, and it's, <laughs> that's just sort of how it works. But here's a fact for you the Edison Research Group. So, for anybody listening, they look at podcasting metrics primarily. And one of the metrics they have on there, this was crazy to me. I just learned this uh, before we started recording, actually. On average, ages 12 to 55 years old, listened to one to five episodes within the last week. I don't know if that's every week. I don't know if that's everybody that they, the sample group, or if it was of 100 people ranging in ages from 12 to 55. But one to five episodes within the last week out of millions of podcasts, active or not. So now you've got to compete for one to five show slots per week. That's tricky. Right. That's, I think, where the art form comes in. Yeah. How do you appeal to people? Let me ask you this. If morals are a way for a society to say this is what we accept as good, decent, civil, whatever behavior from a society perspective relative to wherever you are in the world. In a podcasting community, in order to abide by some of those morals, i.e., you don't step on other podcasts. You don't slander other podcasters. There's a certain etiquette involved on the air when you're recording, especially for a relative level of professionalism. How do you balance that out with, you know, I want to be the next Joe Rogan experience and just talk about whatever comes to mind. I want to be the next Daily Wire plus contributor or whatever, and still be able to be genuine and authentic to who you are. You know what I mean? There's a level of vocabulary that, say, Gary Vaynerchuk uses on his podcast that don't necessarily sit well with everybody who might be an audience member of his. Alrighty folks sit tight, and we'll be right back on transacting value.
2: Hello everyone. This is Caspi Bias from the podcast Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias. I wanted to share something with you all today before we jump into a new episode of the Transacting Value podcast. If you are a young professional or a recent college graduate who is looking for additional content on life Specifically, how to survive adulthood. Then come check out Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias. We teach all about different types of life topics from how to find a job to how to cope with family pressure to get married, how to survive getting fired, how to file your own taxes, how to rent your first apartment, and more. Check out the podcast Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias at caspibias.com/podcast. That's C A S B Y B-I-A-S dot com slash podcast. All right, now let's get into today's episode.
1: And still be able to be genuine and authentic to who you are. You know what I mean? There's a level of vocabulary that, say, Gary Vaynerchuk uses on his podcast that don't necessarily sit well with everybody who might be an audience member of his. But there's certain morals and values that you've got to create in order to be more authentic to yourself and still reach your audience. Yeah. So how do you recommend as an art form of podcasting and an audience listenership grows that you stay genuine to yourself and authentic to what you want to do and accomplish because you enjoy it. It's fun and whatever, and still cater to your fan base, your listeners, your popular base and grow. How do you balance it?
0: I think first and foremost, you need to speak from what you know. To a certain extent, you can go outside of what you know to bring in other perspectives and to go into a sub niche that you might not be occupying wholly on your own. But I think that if you have decided that your show is about value, then every episode that you have needs to be on value. And if for a season or for a series within a season, you want to go in a different direction, maybe you want to go, maybe you want to talk specifically about business. I would still find a way to relate that to value. You know, what does it mean to transact value within your business? I think that there are ways to do that, whether it's with creative marketing tactics or having guests on who can speak more to those topics that you're looking to go towards. I think it's all possible to stay within that niche. But I think your marketing sort of has to align the whole way through. And I alluded to this before. I think it has a lot to do with people are going to click on your show because they have been promised something. And the second that you lose their trust, they're going to click away. You want them to trust you, not just so that they'll listen, but so that they'll continue following you wherever you go. And if you sell them something in the future, whether it's an ad so that you can get paid to have ads running on your show, or if you have a course and you want them to take part in that course, you want them to trust you so that they'll follow you on that journey.
1: There's a share of time spent listening to uh, sort of auditory input metric. I I can't remember what it's actually called off the top of my head, some sort of like share of the ear or something, some weird phrasing. Yeah, but the gist is 2020, 5% of people ages 12 years old to 55 were listening to podcasts or auditory inputs, right? That wasn't watching TV shows, that wasn't watching movies, that wasn't listening to music or I don't know, Cardi B or whatever people were listening to in 2020. 2021, 5, 6% was still auditory input via podcast. Doesn't sound like a lot. Doesn't sound like a huge growth or a huge drop. But when we're talking over the course of what, 300 some odd million people in the U S that's huge. That's substantial. Right. And then you factor in, well now COVID's done. So people aren't staying at home doing nothing. People aren't listening to podcasts like life is coming back. Right. So if 2022 is sort of a flexing and adjusting year, then over the next couple of years, I agree with you. I think a consistent message, persistence, patience and just adjusting as things go, even economically right now, people are sitting there saying, well, I don't know where to put my money. I don't know how to invest my time. Just hold it for now. Just hold it. You know, you gotta have, I think it was Robert Kiyosaki. I can't remember exactly, but I think he said, if you have money, wait for an opportunity. If you have an opportunity and don't have money, well then you have nothing, right? So save your money, bide your time and opportunities will come if you're consistent and persistent. But Ari, for the sake of time, I've got a question for you, specifically three of them. And this is the last segment of the show. It's called Developing, Developing Character. Developing Character. Ready to play? Let's do it. All right, here's how it goes. I'm going to explain it real quick and then we'll get rolling in questions. So I'm going to ask you three questions. They're entirely from your perspective. So answer as vulnerably as you want to be and care to be on the air. All right. Now, question number one. What were some of your values growing up as a kid or as a teenager?
0: I. I think I had a pretty strong complex that I was a good person and that I wanted to continue to be a good person and be seen as a good person. I knew mean girls growing up and I (laughs) wanted to not be like them.
1: (laughs) So I
0: always tried to smile at people. I was shy, but I tried to smile at people. And sometimes I didn't come off as gregarious as I think I do now. But. I definitely tried. In my head, at least, I was (laughs) a nice person. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if anybody else feels that way, but I was told I'm still very good friends with a lot of the people that I grew up with, and my friend Samantha always tells me that her mom thought that I was rude growing up because I was shy, and I wouldn't say, like, thank you so much for having me. Um, I really love dinner, but I was just too shy to do that. I was thankful, and I was happy to be there, but I was just nervous. Yeah. And now I'm excited, thankful to be everywhere. And I share that and I shake hands and I overthink. And that's sort of how my values have evolved is I think growing up, and I've heard this criticism of kids from the 90s, but growing up, it wasn't cool to be earnest. It wasn't cool to be thankful. And I think it's super cool to be thankful now. So I'm trying to overcorrect that.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I was going to ask you a question too, some of your values now, but I think we hit that. And it's, it's interesting. You brought up, you know, smiling and being earnest and being genuine and being friendly and being grateful and being thankful and being appreciative aside from the fact that their core values for November on the show, it is difficult. You know, like it's one thing to say, thank you for holding a door open or thank you for, I don't know, your parents giving you dinner or something, paying for a meal. Right. That seems normal in most cases. Yeah. But to say to somebody I really appreciate you being a good friend. Yeah. Hey, thank you for giving me that advice. You've been a huge help and actually reciprocating kindness. That takes work.
0: Yeah. Or yeah. like not just reasoning over a thank you note, but really adding a reason that you're thankful Ooh, for
1: writing a thank you note in the first place.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. And it can be an email, you know, it's that easy sometimes. Yeah.
1: Or a text message. Just, yeah, truly. Yeah, just take a second.
0: Yeah. I think, It goes a long way. Maybe this is old school, but so I run a podcast recommendation newsletter. And for the past almost two years, I've had somebody work with me on it. Recent college grad, usually somebody who's interested in getting to know the podcast space. And every time I hire for that job, I really need a thank you note. I need to know that you valued my time because I valued your time. And like, I'm not against also sending a thank you note to them. You know what I mean? I think they are giving me their time as much as I am giving them my time. So, yeah, I just think um, just both sides need to be appreciative that we have spent this time with each other.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. So then question number three, though, how do you see your values changing over the next 20 years?
0: Yeah, that's a fun question. I hope to be able to incorporate more relaxation, and just slowness into my life.
3: I am very busy. I am very go 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 at this point and I like that. I really love keeping up with all things podcasts, the industry that I'm in. I love hosting dinners, I love traveling, I love all of that. But I'm also tired and <laughs> in the next, you know, few decades years whatever, this is not so much a prediction, but more of a hope for myself. I think if I continue going at this pace, I will and I'll be happy. But I also hope that I'm able in the future to incorporate values of slowness and relaxation.
1: Yeah, I appreciate what you've got while well, you got it for sure. It does go fast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking some time out of your evening now so we could sit and talk for a little bit. But saying that, if anybody wants to reach out to you, if anybody wants to follow your newsletter, track you down on social media, whatever, what are some options people have?
3: I am most active on Twitter at Ari This and That, as my last name is Nissenblatt. It rhymes. Ari This and That. I have a podcast recommendation newsletter, which you can get at earbuds.audio. And I also have a personal newsletter, which goes out every once in a while where I share podcast tips, podcast recommendations, what's going on in my world as it relates to podcasts. And if you go to my Twitter, you can subscribe to it just in my bio. It's pretty cool. It's an integrated thing. And if you have questions about podcasts or marketing or marketing your podcast, or I also talk about geography a lot, I also love travel. You can just let me know.
1: (laughs) Man. All right, cool. So Also for anybody listening, essentially then a third option is you can reach out to Transacting Value Podcast and we can relay to Ari and get you guys in touch as well. So there's a whole bunch of options. But all that being said, Ari, I really appreciate the opportunity to sit and talk for a little bit and get your perspective. And I I see a lot about what you put out about podcasts. I don't see a lot about you and your values and how you sort of curate your life to your personality and your, your perspective as you're growing. So I appreciate you being vulnerable too. So thank you.
3: Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, no problem. And all righty, folks, that wraps up this interview. So thank you for listening in to our core values for November of gratitude, appreciation, and resilience. I'd also like to thank, sort of indirectly here, Joe Rogan Experience, Gary Vaynerchuk, obviously Earbuds Podcast Collective, for your inspiration to this conversation and podcasting in general as an industry and as an audience. So thank you guys for that. But also to our show partners, Keystone Farmers Market, Be in the Bear Creations, and obviously Buzzsprout for your distribution. So if you're interested in joining our conversation or you want to discover our other interviews, you can check out transactingvaluepodcast.com. You can follow along on social media or search on Google, Bing, DuckDuckGo, either Transacting Value Podcast or Survival Dad YT, and you'll be able to follow along with all of our previous episodes and everything else as we continue to stream new interviews every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on all your favorite podcasting platforms. But until next time, folks, I'm Porter, I'm your host, and that was Transacting Value.